What's up, guys, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover ways to make your hobby a little more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, like in the last few episodes we've done, we want to kind of catch up a little bit, talk about some of the stuff we've been working on, what we've been painting, or just kind of doing in general. So let's get into that. Brent, what have you been doing since the last time we talked? Uh, okay. So I'll be honest with you here, Casey. Um, we're in quarantine right now. And so I've been kind of stressing about this question. Mm. Like, what have you done in the last two weeks? You know, I was worried I'd have to uh, really scrape the bottom of the barrel on this one. Mm-hmm. And so in, in preparation for these episodes, not that we do a lot of preparation for these episodes, but I was at least thinking like, okay, what have I done in the last two weeks? What's interesting enough to talk about? What, what am I going to say? How am I going to respond to that question? But uh, I got one. I finally got one. Ooh, all right. Black poster board. Yep. Black poster board. So, yes. Normally, when I record my YouTube videos, I have not a light box, but it's it's a little bit like a light box in that there's a, a draped white poster board in, mm-hmm. in the back as a background. And I got lights everywhere to light that sucker up. And then I have the the mini held in front of the poster board and I do my painting very well lit situation. And that's supposed to be good for, for cameras and filming, right? Well, for, you know, more than a year, that's how I've been filming my painting with a white backdrop. But this week I bought black poster board and it changed everything. So actually this was a big week. Yeah. Now, yeah, going you, from white uh, to black. You is actually a, do a lot of your filming. Yeah. Um, in the comment section, you know, people leave all kinds of comments on the comment section of a YouTube channel, <laughs> but I finally got like my first comment that said, I hate your white backdrop. You should be using, <laughs> you know, a different color. And normally, you know, that tone, it doesn't sit well with me. But right, this time yeah. I was like, this person is right. They're absolutely right. I'm a monster. It's been a year and a half. I regret my choices and it's time to, it's time to grow up. Yeah. (laughs) Time to grow up, time to get with it. Give the people what they deserve. Yeah. We'll, we'll get some film that doesn't look like garbage, but yeah. Yeah. You're um, no for for real though. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I film in 4k and I try to get as, as crisp and in focus shot as I can whenever I'm filming painting but then there's this just this glaring white background that washes out everything and makes the colors look like garbage. But mm-hmm. hey, uh, filming, um, either painting or just taking still pictures of minis is not an easy task. No, and it's not. there's it's it's a really big learning curve. And every time where I figure something else out about cameras or lighting or positioning it's a big day. Like every, every time I make a little step forward on that stuff, um, maybe, maybe some people will notice, maybe some people won't, but for me, it's like, yes. So as soon as I just, just threw out my white poster board and draped a black poster board back behind where I paint. And then I, you know, set up my camera and just got some test shots of just kind of holding a mini and rotating it around a little bit. And I was like, Oh, Oh yes, this is <laughs> a million times better. And yeah, it might, might seem like a small thing, but for me, that just, that just made me happy for the week. And so 
and, and I also knew like pretty soon after that, like, oh, I have something to tell Casey now when he <laughs> asks me, what, what what have you done in the past two weeks? Like, well, I've stayed inside a lot. I left the house right twice, but not for very long. Like, <laughs> not for where'd you um, go, Brent? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. And uh, yeah. I, <laughs> Home Depot. <laughs> uh I, I painted I painted some minis, but like not very well or very many. So, you know, what have I done in the past two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's a depressing question if you allow it to be. Well, I mean, because it is two weeks oh. in between, right? Like you would think that there would be enough time to have done something of note, but I am finding, much like you, that like I gotta think about it for a minute. You know, like I got to really think about it before coming here and being like, yes, this is what I did. I feel good about that. You know, sometimes it's not really that much. So as this podcast keeps on going, by the end of the year, we'll have 26 of these. Should we should we do a readout of what we each said as a <laughs> highlight of the of the episode and see if it's. It'll be interesting to see if that's like a really depressing list or or really motivating and, and uplifting. That's a very good point. I'm not sure right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the last like however many episodes have been me doing kind of the same thing, but like the next small step, which is kind of sad when you think about it. Like, yeah, yeah over the last six weeks, I did this one thing a little bit at a time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reading, reading what happened in 2020, I bought poster board, right. I bought some orcs, I combed my cat, like it, it could be like a really depressing list. I think this but... sounds like a great plan, though. <laughs> I would love, you know, we, right, we're gonna we do we'll it. We're decide gonna do it. who is more depressing at the end of the year. You know, we'll put up a poll. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep track of what our official answers to this question were, but um, it's your turn now, Casey. What have you done in the past two weeks? Well, better or worse than mine. Um, well, okay. As far as, as far as quality goes, right. That black poster board is going to make such a huge difference to your models. Um, I know you were about mm -hmm. to say earlier and I kind of cut you off, but I've been using black backgrounds pretty much the whole time. And, you know, just doing some testing before really starting that, um, you know, you can really tell the difference. The colors just look more vibrant, especially under really bright lights. You know, that black background mm -hmm. just kind of soaks everything up and lets your miniature be the center of attention. So I think that's an awesome move. And even though my, you know, my stuff this last couple of weeks have been, it's a little different. I don't think it's as much of a difference as what you're going to end up seeing, you know, in the long term. So bravo. Yes. Yeah. These little changes. Um, seriously, though, there's there's some segment of the Internet that kind of talks up light boxes for mm -hmm shooting pictures of small objects and a lot of times those are um you know kind of white translucent sides with a white background yeah and i actually did try that very early on in uh in trying to you know take pictures of minis sure i built myself a, a light box out of foam board and then i cut out the sides and put in um, like parchment paper as the translucent windows then put lights up against the the parchment paper so that it was flooding with diffuse light inside there. Yeah, yeah. You know, all white interior, white draped poster board. And I remember, like, my cell phone especially just freaks out <laughs> when you put it in that situation. Yeah. 
I don't know if you've tried this before, but um, with like a white backdrop and you're trying to take a picture of a mini that's well lit, uh, my yeah. phone camera will just freak out. It will not know what to do. Like my phone at the time, like just started flickering like the, <laughs> the viewfinder or <laughs> whatever. The, the, the preview of the picture you're about to take was just like strobing at me. Yeah. Um, just because it had no idea what to make of that. Just too much light. It did not yeah. know what to do. Well, and especially and, with the phone, it's trying to compensate for, like, this essentially like the the speed at which the lights are are going in and the shutter of the camera and that kind of thing. So you end mm-hmm. up getting those weird strobe effects. Um, yeah, newer yeah. cameras are a little better about that. Like, I have a newer iPhone, and and it does all right, but you kind of have to do a few things in order to get that just right. Yeah, and so. You know, I, I definitely had a phase there where I was using one of those macro mats with oh, the, yeah. the photography backdrops that kind of have the, the smooth curves and they, you know, they look like the backdrop from when you were getting your picture taken in middle school or whatever, yeah. where you sit in front of, uh, yeah, the, the nice soft curves and, uh, you know, it looks kind of airbrushed or something, but mm-hmm. just the, the nice pattern of, of subdued colors. And I actually really did get good pictures out of that. Mm-hmm. and partially partially i do think the there, there's some photography science there but mm-hmm. also just having a darker color behind your model actually turns out to be a, a really useful thing and you know the more the more we do the more we learn and i think that just a lot of good lights and a darker color backdrop will go a long way for taking good photos of minis and i'll keep you updated as i keep learning more here but yeah well, I, I got a, I got a right couple of, of nuggets, you know, on the photography mm-hmm. subject. Um, since I use my phone to pretty much do everything for YouTube, you know, I also use it to take pictures of the models and all of the stuff that I do is all through my phone. And like, I feel like, you know, I've gotten all right at, at photographing my miniatures with my phone. They look decent. You know, the colors are nice and vibrant. And you're right. A lot of that is due to um, having a darker background, you know, I, I, I flood the model with LEDs and as bright as I possibly can, and then turn down the exposure on my phone manually. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you tap your phone screen, you know, it kind of brings up the little focus window generally on an iPhone, at least if you then tap and hold and drag, you can change the exposure level. So if you're on a white background, you can hold up, you like, you kind of push it makes it so that there aren't any imperfections in your white and it's almost like a glowing effect works really well. If you're shooting on white, uh, and if you're shooting on black, you kind of dip everything and it turns the background even darker and only really picks up the really lit areas on your model. And since that's really what's reflecting that, that paint color, you're going to get a really nice looking model that way. Now, the other interesting secret to, to shooting models on your phone is to not actually use the photography camera in your phone. So when you're shooting with video, it tends to look a lot better than if you just take a picture. Because when you take Mm. a picture, it's doing all sorts of things in the phone to give you a better looking image than is actually being taken. The sensors are not very big in the phone. So when you take a picture, it runs it through its little algorithm, whatever, softens the face kind of does like a like a selfie filter so it's a very specific look and when you're taking pictures of models you're going to lose a lot of detail and it's kind of 
like the color is not going to look very good, you know, because it's not an actual person or, you know, even actual skin tone. So it doesn't always work very well. If you go into video, it's taking kind of a higher bit rate of video than just a single photo that's been put through a filter. And then you can take screenshots from that video and edit from there. So you're technically getting a little bit more information from your photo and you can edit it a little bit further than you could with just a regular photo. And that's, that's what I've done the whole time and it's worked out. Yeah. You're getting really good use out of that cell phone. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned all there is to know about iPhones. <laughs> Yeah, I got to assume uh, you're getting diminishing returns there, and you're going to cap out after a while. But uh, I'm, I'm getting that's useful right information for yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm starting um, to feel it pretty hard actually. That diminishing returns from my phone. I don't know how much better it can be. <laughs> like, I I have a regular camera, like a nice DSLR. I have mm-hmm. GoPros and you know drones and all these other things and i just can't use them right now so eventually i will be using those things yeah okay yeah anyways yeah so, what i did so in the last you're, couple you're stalling weeks. here casey what's what have you done in the last couple of weeks you're well, stalling uh, you know here, casey. I, I just uh i needed time to think um yours was just so good <laughs> i i didn't want to sound stupid you know You've had months of trying to sell a pool table. Like you I don't want to talk about it anymore. Back of that well. yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually, I did some fun things. Like uh, I made a shadow box uh, piece of art with some used miniatures. Mm. And that was super fun. Like I've had this idea for a while now and I bought all the stuff for it. I finally was able to sit down in my new space. It's not quite done yet you know, kind of spread out. Like I had, I just had crap everywhere. Like it was all over the floor. I had another desk in there, you know, like a, a pretty simple, you know, level two ish desk. And it was just, it was amazing. So I was able to really get down on a project that I wouldn't have really been able to do. Um, otherwise, like in, in the space that I'm in, it, it's just not feasible like to, to, you know, cut foam with a foam cutter, you know, mm-hmm. So that was pretty awesome. And I also picked up a Night Titan on eBay. Like a used one that's painted like, eh, you know, it's all right. Okay, let's um, let's talk about both of those things. Um, yeah. We'll do which one do you want to do first? Night Titan? What what did you spend on a Night Titan? What does a Night Titan cost? Uh, run well, you? I spent I spent 100 bucks on a painted mm-hmm. Night Titan. And like I said, it's not horrible. Like you could play it in a game. You know, and that and that's I'm sure what a lot of there were three of them for sale. I only bought one out of the three, um, but it was a, it was an auction. and I just kind of put the number in and just happened to win. So. So I'm actually not super familiar on on Titans, but this is we're talking about a resin model from Forge World originally, right? No, no. This is one of the newer plastic, still large Titans, like the larger ones. Um. That look like the Forge. Is this World Adeptus Titanicus? I think so. Yeah, Adeptus Titanicus. What? Titanic. Oh, it, but it's a smaller scale. It's not. It's not forty k. It it is forty k. Yeah, it's like the okay, Titans so you see on the tables that people are playing. Like they run three Titans and a handful of guys, and that's their army. Those Titans. Are you confusing the word knight with Titan? I don't think so. They are okay. Titans, aren't they? They right. are also Knight Titans. No. I don't know. 
Okay, so you got a you got a knight, kind of one of the more <laughs> standard sized knights. Yeah, like it, it, at least the big version of them in that scale, in the forty k scale. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You'll see. I'm making. There a was video. a there was a kit that was released like a a year or two ago. Is that what we're talking about? Or I think so. Yeah. Pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean they make four so I've, ones, I, uh, but, Yeah. Sure. Sure. I have no experience with this. I've I've never had my hands on a on a knight before. Maybe someday, but yeah. Um, and this is this is definitely smaller than the the warlord titan that you got to work yes. on uh, yeah. several months back on your the, channel. The warlord titan yep. that I did is two feet and some inches tall. Mm. And this is like I don't know, was six seven inches tall. Not you know not not terrible, especially. You know, looking at at forty k, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, not as not as big as the Warlord Titan. I mean, that model on its own, the Warlord Titan from Forge World, is like twenty eight hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, do you have a plan for for what you're going to do with this one, I, or I did you just see it and thought bit. it was? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. I wanted to do it because, you know, I like I liked painting that Warlord Titan. And this just seemed like a cool way to do kind of the same thing on a smaller scale. Um, and I also wanted to bust out some uh, some of the old cricket skills. You know, not the, oh, yeah. not the baseball type cricket game, but the cricket cutter. You know, that cuts different vinyls yeah. and things. So I want to do some like super custom, uh, what is it, stencils to do some some. Yep crazy so like whatever i can do essentially like whatever is the coolest thing i can come up with you know i'm gonna try something awesome. yeah yeah i've got a i've got a cricket cutter here and the, i mean it basically looks like a like a printer yeah except what it's doing is it's cutting out shapes in uh kind of a, a sheet of like sticky vinyl it's, yeah it's cutting out stickers for you basically um <laughs> yeah. except the idea is those stickers don't rip off paint when you pull them off and so that you can kind of like mask areas of your night shoulder pads or whatever and spray on some some cool stuff yeah you've got to figure out your symbols but so yeah i always wonder when you're when you're cruising ebay you know do you have something specific in mind or or are you just looking for opportunities or is it it all impulse and (laughs) instinct in this case it was impulse like i saw it it was on auction there were like four hours left and like i said there were three of them Mm -hmm. and and the, the listing was like you know, 99 cent auction, uh, no reserve, which for Titans, especially, or whatever, I don't know, night, whatever, you know what I'm talking about? Like no reserve. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. No reserve. That's, that's a pretty big deal. Um, probably means they were stolen at a tournament. So, Hey, if this was yours, let me know and I'll, <laughs> I'll figure something out. But you know, um, yeah, it was, it was a little bit of an impulse just to, to see that and go, okay, like, there's a there's a sweet possibility I could I could land this cool model, you know, like mm-hmm. a Titan would do well on the channel. It's always fun to see. So I just kind of went for it and ended up winning. Um, but for the most part, like I do have pre-saved searches that I kind of go through every day and and just check. So I do have this kind of like mm-hmm. ritual of, you know, go through this one, go through this one, then sort by these specific parameters and then. You know, if something pops up, 
either I'll save it or I'll just buy it now, you know? So it, it does depend, but I, I do check every day. Yeah. So I'm curious if you see that there's four hours left on an auction, does that mean you like set your watch and you make sure that you're there <laughs> and you, you know, get your, get your red yes. bulls and you, you know, crack your knuckles and like sit down for the final 30 seconds, uh, a test yeah. of wills. Uh, yeah. Generally. Yes. The, um, the best man win. If it's something that I think that I could come in and, and snipe, which is essentially mm -hmm. bidding the last like two seconds. If you've never done that, you bid, a number in the last couple seconds and then hope that no one else is going to up bid that so that you, you can save a few dollars here and there by doing that. But right. yeah, I, I will set right. alarms and I will sit and wait and try my best to get something for a good deal. Um, in this case, because I honestly didn't expect to get it at all. I just put mm -hmm. in a number and let it sit. And then I got a notification. It was like, Oh, you won. It's like, I did <laughs> like, that's so, so this time this time you entered your number you know four hours in advance or this time you sat there and you sniped it at the two second mark no, with your four hours in advance and i, I do that when nice. i'm not necessarily nice. like you know i don't need it um it's not mm -hmm. something that i want to actively go out and get so i'll just put the number in and whatever happens happens and most of the time you don't win auctions that way because someone right. else can bid an extra dollar and beat you and that's what they're doing at the last yeah. second. They're they're trying to get you, you know, sometimes you, it, it's, it's a little humiliating is seeing, oh, you lost this auction by 25 cents. It's like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, it's um, I've done enough eBay purchasing to understand that kind of what you're trying to avoid is somebody getting outbid and then having the time to think about, you know what? I actually would spend an extra $5 on this. Right. But yeah. Like if, if you are putting in a hundred bucks and somebody puts in 101 bucks and then you don't want to have four hours to think about it and be like, you know what? I think the street value of this is really, you know, 120 bucks. And if mm -hmm. I can get it for under 110, that's fine. You don't want people to have that extra time to to rationalize why they should up their bid again, right? If because that's that's where you they lose didn't the put money. in what their actual, yeah. yeah. If they did not put in what their actual maximum bid was when they typed in a number and hit enter, you know, mm -hmm. hours or days ago, that's that's on them. So, yeah. yeah, that I I hate that kind of the the game mechanics of this works out that way. Yeah. But if you want the lowest price on eBay, the best way is to sit there to, you know, wait for 10 seconds until the auction's over, type in what your actual maximum amount that you would spend on this item is and hit that button five seconds before it goes and, yeah. uh, and see if anyone else had the same idea or not, <laughs> yeah. or see if the, the first person to bid actually put in a higher number than you because they had done all this math for themselves beforehand right. or whatever. <laughs> um, it, it is an interesting game like you said you know like it kind of sucks that that's how it goes but i mean that's you know if you went to an auction in person like somebody flips that card up you know it's yeah it just is what it is well you well you can get a little bit of that uh you know the auction scene in movies and stuff yeah. where you get like two characters bidding against each other and it's normally the the protagonist and then like some some yeah. minor bad guy or something <laughs> some, but yeah. um or or just their rival their annoying rival or whatever but um, you can get a little bit of that if you start bidding like a couple days out from the end 
end of an auction. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, I bid an hour later, I got outbid. I'll, I'll come back around to it, bid, hour later, outbid, and then you go back and you check, like, who's been bidding, and mm-hmm. you can't see the full name of, of the user, but you can see just enough of the name to be like, <laughs> like it's the same guy. Same guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're not winning this one, buddy. Oh, like, for real? Who can totally play this game? There. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, like, that just happened the other day on an auction that I put up. Uh, like, I, I just painted that uh, Star oh, Priest. Oh, that's what you want as a seller. That's what you want. Oh, that's sure. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, in this case, it's like, you know, I am I'm I painted a model. I put it up and, and you know, it's for subscribers to see. But I can tell that people are just like, uh-uh, no, this is mine. This is my Star Priest, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Was it the Star Priest? Yeah, yeah. Well, because there's still like, okay. like well, at the time of recording, there's still time left. A few days. And it's, I think it's at 100 something now oh that's that's awesome you know that's a that's a beautiful model but in this case casey because you have that that social media outlet to to tell the world about what you're putting on ebay the oh, funny sure. thing here is that the people bidding against each other are your viewers they're i like, know they're your biggest fans are like the ones <laughs> fighting each other to get that star each priest, other which is, star um, thank you for supporting casey that's awesome that you're which doing is what that. i was gonna you say won't be disappointed that was a great video and a great model but um yeah yeah casey be be careful not to like jeer your no 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 I'm, too I'm, much here. i like, just think it's 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 one of those things are like, bidding against each other i did not say that <laughs> don't you put words in my mouth no i think i think it's great like i was gonna say because it's it's all going back into this into the channel right right so it's kind of nice right, to right, see right. that people care enough to to do that even in the middle of the week they're not waiting till the end to snipe they're like well this is what i would pay and and how i would support and i mean i mm-hmm. i think that's amazing like i never i never thought i'd be in a situation yeah where no no that, that is awesome happening. and yeah. and if there is a rivalry going on on that star priest i gotta assume it's a friendly rivalry oh i'm sure and um yeah yeah let this be your your bi-weekly reminder to um look into seraphon uh they're a great mm-hmm. army there's a lot of great models uh, in the Lizardmen range. And mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't thought about that yet this episode, think about it, you know? Yeah. Seraphon. Yeah. I, I was pleasantly, not maybe not surprised. I was very happy to paint a Seraphon model. It was very nice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't think I would uh, enjoy it that much, but uh, kind of brought that 12-year-old dinosaur-loving kid out of me, you know? Yeah, so the one we're talking about here is uh is a little skink character, which is one of the smaller lizards, but he's uh he's a star priest, so that means he has like uh decorative feathers and stuff sticking out everywhere and he's got runes and um mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. an option or option, an opportunity to use as many awesome colors as you want. And you know, lizard skin, feathers, those can be any color in the rainbow, so go nuts with it. I mean that's that's what I did. Still don't think it's as good as your uh, your poster board, though. Like, that's going to win, because <laughs> that's, that's going to be benefiting you for years. Yeah, that's the gift that keeps on giving right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, every every time I make a, make a little improvement in the setup, and, you know, last episode we were talking about painting setups, and every time you, you figure something out to make your your organization and your your system a little bit better that's a, that's a good feeling because yeah. you're you're going to keep that knowledge with you and you're going to be able you know to use that anytime yeah for sure now 
something yeah. interesting did happen last week. And uh, I don't know if anybody who listens to this watches a certain artist on YouTube by the name of Jazza. But, you know, he's, he's a pretty awesome YouTuber. I've been watching him for a while. He's got a lot of really cool art videos, mostly drawing, but, you know, he's been branching out lately. And one of the things he started to do again was to get into Warhammer 40K. Now, might not seem like a huge deal, but the dude has over 5 million subscribers. And not only that, but he gave Brent a good shout out on the channel. Yeah, so that was cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's good for the hobby. It's obviously awesome, kind of an awesome feeling for, for me over here, getting getting a shout out from, from old Jazza there. But yeah, that was that was cool. So this this YouTuber, this artist is getting back into Warhammer and he's done a couple of videos um, with Space Marines and stuff in it before. Um, he does, you know, a wide range of, of art, but he's done some really impressive, really impressive projects. You may have seen the video where he paints up a little Blood Angel Space Marine and then he puts on his the 3D virtual yeah. reality goggles and he sculpts that Marine he then prints it out like two feet tall and then he paints that giant 3D print. Yes. And yeah, he's uh, he's got the the motivation and the inspiration and the resources and the talent to do some some really awesome stuff. And so his channel has has gone far. Um, mm -hmm. He's also the brother of, of Shadiversary. Shadiversity. Sorry, Shad. He's um. He's a YouTuber who's is still way bigger than either of us, not as big as his brother, but um well Shadowversity does like how knights really fought and would would the broadsword really beat the battle axe and how were castles create you know the there's there's a there's a few of that type of channel out there. And yeah. Uh, you may have heard of like Lindy Beige or or Metatron. Um so the so it's it's in that genre. And so, yeah, Jazzo's brother is also a fairly well-known YouTuber. And if, Casey, if you're getting comments on your channel, like, you know, that thing that you drew on there isn't actually a tabard like that. <laughs> you're getting that comment from somebody who just oh. watched, watched a Shadowversity video. Yeah, so, right. uh, I, like I have medieval a, history. I have and yeah. those comments. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you should look into Shadowversity. Um, yeah. Maybe <laughs> Black I'll, Magic I'll, Craft. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Black Magic Craft gets some comments. Um, you know, castles weren't really constructed like that. The way you put those foam blocks together mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. scored mm -hmm. them to look like wood. Yeah. Um, they, I don't think they'd really put a support in that place. Like, oh like, no. I don't think they were building in this scale either. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should up that size yeah. a little. <laughs> Actually, um, Lindy Beige himself posted on one of uh, Real Terrain Hobbies videos. Uh, really? So Neil did a video where he's painting up that uh, that tabletop terrain, tabletop world buildings and stuff. They're really nice yeah. resin buildings. And they're kind of medieval buildings, and they have tons of little details sculpted on there. And one of the details sculpted on to this little farmhouse is a couple of ears of corn hanging from the rafters. And there's like a pumpkin sitting on the steps. And old, uh, 
old Lindy Beige has to come in and be like, corn was not in medieval Europe. Like, like I will stab you. <laughs> come on, man. I mean, um, and I've, I've watched uh, a decent bit of Lindy Beige in my time and I, I enjoy him. And, you know, you go through phases where that's that really hits the spot. But then like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Well, like what this is this is not a medieval people? building. This is a fantasy building, well, and in yeah. my fantasy town, there can be waddle, daub, and maze, and it's fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like in my fantasy, uh, setting. in my fantasy world, the Vikings brought back corn. Deal with it, like for real. Know, um, I mean, come on, like, I mean, at, at, there is a certain point when, like, knowledge, like, you can take that too far, and you can start to impose yeah, that. that on people, and it's like, look like this what you're trying to say is irrelevant it doesn't matter mm-hmm. like it it's yeah. fantasy it's whatever even if it was like well this is medieval and i'm doing this for my model trains or whatever it is like dude dude painted a sweet looking house i mean what more do you want it doesn't have to be historically accurate to fakeville like come on Kill yeah yeah there's there's something to be said for the ability to drop that suspension of disbelief. You know, right. The Illuminati didn't actually try to kill Tom Hanks, but it made for <laughs> like a fun little book, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the stonemasons didn't come after Tom Hanks and turn his mentor against right. him, but, you know, it, it was popular. He, he, yeah. Just believe it and see where it takes you. Like that, mm-hmm. that corn... Those kernels of corn hanging on that wall look good in that little model. Exactly. And uh, he painted each individual. You got to be able to appreciate the little things. And yeah. Yeah. That's that's that is a little sad to hear. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened. Where do we get there? Oh, oh, yeah. So anyway, uh, Jazz is getting back into Warhammer, which is yes. awesome for our hobby, really. It, it is. Um, yeah. In in terms of all the different hobbies that are out there, uh, you know, as many people paint minis, it's still a, a niche hobby mm-hmm. in, in the overall scheme of things. And so the more big names, big voices doing Warhammer, that's that's great. Jazza, of course, there was uh, Henry Cavill a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, had kind of the viral post of him painting up oh, yeah. a custodies helmet. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Like, you know, people who like Superman and The Witcher should be like, what's what's that? That that looks cool. What's that? Yeah. You know, get broadening exposure to this stuff. Never a bad thing. And no, uh, not at all. Of course, of course, the very next day after after Jazz's video and it was a video saying, like, I'm getting back into into painting minis. This is a hobby I've always loved. And it's kind of fun to have a little art hobby that's you know, just for him. Cause his whole channel is doing art stuff. And so he's saying like, yeah, you know, maybe I can do, have some, have some minis stashed in my drawer on the side is something just for me to, to relax with. And that's, that's awesome. And then the very next video he did like the very next day, he posted a video, which was a portable hobby kit. So he mm-hmm. dressed up a box that like, you know, puts down a, a suitcase kind of, and all the, all the sides of the suitcase fold flat. And there's, you know, the, the perfect little array of paints and brushes and minis and holders and, and tools and everything. Uh, a nice little setup, a nice little uh, portable hobby desk setup. And based on 
episode four of Paint Bravely, you know, I think we would have defined that as a level one painting area, the, right. the portable. portable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was a good so setup, nice. though. So that's like one and a half. That's like. Right. Yeah. yeah if like, you got if you got a really nice kit to lay out, you know, on your kitchen table when it's hobby time, and that's a that's a high level one hobby area, maybe level two. Well, and I think he mentioned also that he has a desk kind of in a corner where like he's going to keep it all. So, so technically he, mm. he does have an open spaced, you know, publicly available, uh, oh, accessible to children's space. That's... Yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, he, he built two. the box yeah. to put it in so that he didn't have to worry about it probably, you know? Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. Like super nice though. Really nice case. Um, I mean, it pretty much had everything in there. Like he he threw toilet paper in there, which I thought was a little strange. Um, you know, cut down a paper towel roll, I think might have worked a little better. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> still good, still good. Um Yeah, that's that's what's new in the world here. Yeah. And that's that's what's been going on the last few weeks. <laughs> okay. You're I assume you're like slowly in the background setting up your new studio and Kind of saving that for mm-hmm. for a month or two from now when you'll when you'll do the big reveal and yeah yeah okay. I'm, I'm, I, I don't want you to burn too many of your <laughs> right. your updates all at once here but yeah like I put I put up some video updates on the last video that I did and um you know just some real quick ones of construction and that kind of thing but I am planning on doing like a whole video and reveal and all this but of course right now you know furniture I can't get it quickly. So I have to yeah. wait and that's, oh, it's really, it's making me anxious. Like I don't want to wait for a friggin' table. You know, that's why it's like, I was, I was pretty excited to do that other, that other project. Cause you know, I have like a smaller desk that was just like a computer desk and I was able to, to just kind of go out there, pull it into the middle of the room, throw the lights up, do the things. And, and like, it felt good. So. You know, I'm getting some use out That's of it, right. but it's not quite right. We didn't talk about your shadow box. That's right. Oh, you're um, right. <laughs> so I've seen a picture of this. I've seen a picture of this, but uh, Casey took one of those shadow boxes that you can get at like a craft store or whatever. To It's kind of like a picture frame, except it's got like two inches of yeah. shelf space inside sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe you. What's it made for? Spoons? It's it's about spoon size, right? Definitely spoons. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why else you'd buy one, really. Yeah. Yeah. So Casey got the shadow box that's about the right size for like four or five like decorative silver teaspoons to be Mm kind of stuck Mm -hmm. up in there and and hung on the wall. And you what did some styrofoam sculpting and you painted up a couple of minis and you've got the scene of. Uh, night goblins like running through caves and there's yeah. also like a spider on the ceiling and it it looks amazing um well, thank you. it's just a really really great format for for a little diorama just mm-hmm. kind of like a like a 2d slice i mean almost like a like a platformer like a mario or something it's just yeah, this little so. slice of a world and you know a, a model is maybe an inch thick so most mm-hmm. models will fit right into um, a shadow box like that. And 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that video. Probably by the time this this podcast drops, it'll be out. But <laughs> yeah, by the time uh, this I, I think that's going to be a good one. Yeah, it'll have been yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. some time. Um, which is weird. We don't we don't record these technically, unlike a schedule. It's like when we can do it. So, you know, sometimes we don't want to talk about what we're painting. Sometimes we do. It just it all depends. But yeah, it should be yeah. up uh, by the time this is up. So. Right. Yeah, I'll throw that in the, right. the description. And, uh, Casey, you and I have been talking about this project for a little while. Like both of mm -hmm. us independently had an idea to do, you know, a shadow box project. And yeah. in the back of my mind, I've had the idea for dwarves and Skaven were at the back of my mind. Like the mm -hmm. idea of like uh, yes. a couple of dwarven miners were kind of making a tunnel and some Skaven were making a tunnel and those tunnels were like <laughs> about to up. about to merge or something. Like and, both on each side. We're almost there. <laughs> they don't see each other. yeah yeah it's it's an awesome like just a shadow box is such a fun idea for a diorama it's yeah kind of the perfect dimensions for minis because it sticks out from the wall or whatever just enough to fit you know two dimensions of whatever mini scene you want to have in there mm -hmm. i've thought about trying to do like a joust before or something you know yeah. certainly any of this underground stuff is perfect um like a really fun little project and you know what, Casey, we're going to use this as our segue here. Yeah. Uh, what we actually want to talk about in, in this episode <laughs> is how do you pick your next project? How do you? So pick that's, your next uh, project? you know, we're an hour in now, but that's what this episode is about. When, you know, all, all of us have probably a lot of ideas. Uh, some people mm -hmm. may be at the very beginning of their hobby journey and just have like one box of, uh, liberators that they need to work themselves through and so they don't have as many ideas as as folks have been in the hobby for a while but mm -hmm. for most of us we're always acquiring inspiration and models and ideas and supplies and it is a real challenge to i don't know if challenge is the right word but it's certainly a challenge mm -hmm. to get through your list but it's always a, a big question of what's next yeah. And so when you finish a project, you put your final brush stroke on there or do the base up, maybe maybe a coat of varnish, you finish a project, what's next? You're yeah. for for just a moment in time, your hobby desk is clean and you don't have a, a focal point of something that you're actively working on. What's next? I mean that's always that's always the big question, right? Like you finish, you feel really good about it. Do you really want to start that process over? Like go through that ugly phase again. And, and yeah, you gotta like, you gotta find something that motivates you enough to get past that, knowing that that's what's coming up. Right. So like for me, I've got just a ridiculous amount of models that are just sitting. And I mean, it's because I, I go on eBay a lot and I buy different models and you know, like, people do send me models occasionally for, for the channel. Um, mm -hmm. So I got to like, think about all these different things that come into play when picking a model. Um, it's not always what I want to paint the most. Um, sometimes it's like, well, I feel like I need to do this, so I should do this. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different reasons, I guess, for painting each model. And, yeah, I, I wish it was a little easier sometimes, honestly, because I, I do have a hard time so, picking. 
so for a lot of people, you know, the the pile of shame, as it's called, kind of builds up because something new keeps coming along and you buy, yeah. you know, you buy a couple of boxes of models that you're really excited about and maybe you actually paint a few bottles up before kind of the next new thing comes along that you get excited about. So, you know, we just talked about you buying uh, a night, Gacy. Yeah. Like right now, are you excited to bust out your cricket and to cut up <laughs> some stencils and to paint that night? Like, is that in this moment right is, now? Is the night in the top five of your list right now? For sure. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited yeah, okay. for when that comes in. And that is like because I wasn't exactly expecting to get it and I got it for like the mm. price that I was I was hoping to get it for. Um, So like that feels pretty good and it makes me motivated. Uh, I've got a handful of other models that will require some work in order to really get them ready for painting. And so I feel a little less inclined to do that work. You know, like uh, I've got a lot of models that I haven't even built and I don't particularly care for building models in general. Like I like painting models. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there's a model that either needs paint stripped or it's clean already, you know, I'm, I'm more inclined to pick something from that kind of area on my shelf rather than building something new, even if, you know, it was an even cooler model that I was excited about. So that's that's definitely something to think about when you're going through it and picking that is that you I don't know you you don't always have the best choices like in uh in that sense I guess um if you yeah, don't like it, to do something It is interesting <laughs> how it is interesting how like the the immediate next steps on a project can somehow like steer you between major right. project choices like I actually kind of like assembling models Mm -hmm. So for me, I have a decent number of assembled and either primed or just completely bare plastic models right now. Um, for me, like while I'm watching TV or while I'm doing an, an online RPG with my friends or, or something like that, um, it's actually pretty easy to just be sitting there with an X-Acto blade and scraping mold lines and, you know, kind of holding two parts together while something else is going on while I'm watching TV or, or talking to friends or whatever. And so for, for me, I, I pick up a lot of early quick assembly projects and then those go back into my pile of shame for an indefinite amount of time. <laughs> yeah. But um, hey, at least they're built. <laughs> they're not in a yeah. box anymore. And that, that is progress. That is hobby progress. Sure, it is. Yeah, the the resale value of those minis just went down. That's the uh, that's great. Yep, <laughs> no longer um, new in the box. That is that's true. It's good. Point. Exactly, exactly. No shrimp, no shrink wrap on that. But what you said about cleaning minis is actually interesting. Um, so for you, you really like the process of stripping old paint off a mini, right? I mean, I do because there's that transformation aspect of seeing yeah. it before um you know having the pictures of the the model when i got it from ebay and it just you know unfortunately looks like crap so you know stripping that paint off cleaning the model from there um there's just that sense of satisfaction of like getting work done whereas like yeah building for me is it's some i don't know it's weird it just doesn't give that same level of satisfaction um 
and I don't know if it's because the model's new and it kind of it doesn't really matter. There's probably a hundred other, you know, whatever. I mean, thousands of other of this kit. Whereas something I bought off eBay, it's like you know sometimes you don't see those models very often. So, yeah, cleaning off an mm-hmm. older model, even if it's a couple of years old, you know, making it look mm, so nice again, just there's a level of satisfaction that that definitely gets me there. So yeah, let's explore that a little bit more. So I I definitely had a phase where I was really into stripping models. You know, I mm-hmm. all the random stuff I got off of Craigslist and eBay and stuff. Like there were probably a couple of months of my life where the hobby progress I made was dunking models and LA is totally awesome or super clean or whatever. And like the most brushing I did was with like a toothbrush at the sink, <laughs> like getting the, the gunk <laughs> off, off of the uh-huh. models. And I think that's, that's a situation where I was not getting anything coming off of my assembly line other than going from nasty used models to like, lightly worn assembled models i guess right um but there i think the reason for me in that case where i was choosing those projects all over all of my painting projects was because i actually really like one it was easy like there's nothing easier than just dropping a model in a vat of liquid mm-hmm. um and it, easy straightforward and there is that that fun that that yeah. comes with cleaning something up it's it's quick it's easy there there's some fun to it and so part of what was was guiding me there in in terms of choosing that project was the the immediate action like what i would get to do with my hands that day it wasn't an overarching like what do i want to have coming off of my assembly line it was like what do i want to do today what would be fun today Mm -hmm. um but are you it seems from watching your channel that you're actually pretty good at then going from, okay, I've just cleaned this many up to then like, you seem to be good about then priming it and painting it. Is that an accurate representation? I'd say so. I mean, I have, I have a good amount of models that, you know, I've cleaned up and I've gotten video um, of that process for each one of them. So, or at least the model beforehand, you know, so I, I kind of have some set aside that I can just jump into real quick, but because I'm using a a sonic cleaner, you know, which is a real nice tool. If you're looking to strip models, getting a sonic cleaner that Mm -hmm. that agitates that paint and really gets the soap in there from that LA's totally awesome or simple green. Like I can, I can strip Mm -hmm. a model in 15 minutes. You know, so it's it is almost instant gratification as far as like this model looks disgusting. I'm going to clean it and start painting it and, you know, get some good progress in. And like, it, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's 15, 20 minutes. You're you're already throwing down a, a base coat of primer, you know, so it, it can go pretty quick. And I mean, I've been doing it for a while. So like, you know, I I do feel like I'm pretty good at it at this point, like. I can get the stuff on there and, and it feels like any other normal project, like stripping doesn't necessarily play into, I guess like a downside so much. Like if I'm looking into models, it's like, okay, well I'm picking through a model. I'm trying to pick what model fit, you know, honestly fits for YouTube that week and fits for my schedule. Um, so that's, that's a, a whole other aside that like we do have to deal with, but, uh, Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, was, I was gonna say actually in some ways the the biggest thing that youtube does to us is keeps us from focusing on any one thing yeah um you know speaking of goblins like just in terms of being able to play a game with my friends after mm -hmm. i did that hundred goblins video i should have done a video on squigs and following that i should have done trolls and following that i should have done more goblins and then more goblins and then more goblins yeah. that would have been really good for getting an army made and possibly for the channel not as good because anyone who doesn't collect goblins is just going to stop watching <laughs> exactly <laughs> um and so you know the the motivator for for a lot of people to paint minis is to get minis ready for games yeah and that's a little bit less true for for both of us um now i certainly still do have a couple of friends who want to play Age of Sigmar with me. A few years ago, they really wanted to play 40K with me, and now it's Age of Sigmar. And mm -hmm. I, I think that'll sw you know, switch back uh, from time to time. So I definitely have external motivation to eventually get a full army ready. And I'm hoping that I do that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, hey, um, if you do a few more of those 24-hour paint marathons, then, mm -hmm. then you, you probably get there. Yeah, we'll we'll get in the right direction. Um, I, I am intending to do a, a couple of, you know, big blockbuster videos on like, just we need to get this army done so that my friends yeah. stop, stop badgering me about <laughs> stop. this. But exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where you know, I keep getting updates from, from my friend Mark and he's like, yeah, I, I painted, you know, another 20 dryads and here's my tree man. And this right. this lady rides on a beetle. And like, Mark, slow down. Like, I, you know that <laughs> I painted a Skaven <laughs> and some robots and mm -hmm. uh, some lizard people. And like, Mark, you got to slow down, buddy. Like, this Escalation Mark. League Mark. is getting way out of hand. And <laughs> um, but but for a lot of us, there is always this, you know, using models in a game mm -hmm. and not that it's a commitment exactly, but it does feel like a kind of pressing item on your to-do list. Like that yeah. is always there. If you do not have uh, 2,000 points of whatever army that you're really happy with, painting something for the Warhammer army that you're supposed to be playing with your friends, like that's that's on your list of projects you should probably get to one of these days. Yeah. I'd say that's definitely the main motivator for most people is, you know, Hey, I got a game, you know, we're meeting up at the, the shop in a couple of weeks and, you know, I've got 500 points to paint, you know, try and get that done. And, and that's, that's definitely what you're going for. You're trying to fill out your list. And I mean, that's mm -hmm. obviously that's a perfectly valid way to, to pick your models. Um, hopefully you're not getting too burnt out on, on painting an entire army. Cause that's, that's always my problem is I'll get halfway through something and just be like, ah, I can't paint any more of, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a little tough. Um, and especially now with, with YouTube on top of it, trying to get to my own stuff. Like there's that guilty feeling of, I should really be painting something else right now. Yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about the commitments first, and then we can get to the desires. Like, I mean, with painting an army, there's a lot of times where you know people get a new unit for their army, and they're super excited to paint up those jet bikes or or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Like, you know, just because you're painting something for a game does not mean that it has to be a chore. 
Oh, yeah. There are absolutely moments within there that you're really excited about this next squad that you're working on or the the paint scheme that you're doing for your elites or Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. But for for just a minute here, let's let's keep focusing on the. When painting feels like a like a commitment and not that you are against painting a said model, but for whatever reason, it feels like. In addition to being a fun painting project it is also an obligation and i feel that and i feel that the start of that is getting up to 2000 points of space marines and or lizard men um before you can really enjoy painting your your star priest you know Um, yeah for sure yeah i mean once I, i do feel like once you hit that kind of threshold of i've got an army it's playable it might not be the best but now now that i have the army I can go, oh, you know, it would be so good for this army. It might make it even even more fun, and I can do these things because mm-hmm. I buy a box of mm-hmm. this, and there's five models mm-hmm. in it, and you are incredibly excited to paint those five models because you don't have that obligation, you know, but, but getting there, like, you definitely feel like, well, I got, you know, battle line to paint. I feel pretty obligated to do that considering I can't even play the rest of the army without my battle line. Mm-hmm. yeah even if you have a fun paint scheme in mind even if you actually enjoy the process of putting paint on the model even if you know that kind of getting all these finished and laid out on a table is going to look amazing there's still that feeling of you know mark mark said the thousand point game we just played was fun but now he wants to do a 1500 point game Mm-hmm. And I know by next month he's going to have that beetle painted and he's going to want to be up to 2,000 points. See, that's and unfair, though. You, you get your 700 point. Do you know how beetle? few points a goblin is worth? Exactly. Like, uh, Come on. It's not fair. <laughs> Come on, Mark. Um, right, 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 right. Uh, should I have changed his name for purposes of anonymity? No, no anonymity? you should not have. No, mm. no. I call um, you out, Mark. No, Mark, Mark isn't wrong for wanting, no, you know, no, to play no. a game like, no, no, I'm, I'm glad that I've got yeah. friends who want to play with me. That's good. But uh, yeah. if Mark could just like chill at 500 points for a little bit longer, I would appreciate it. Right. Know? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Um, but yeah, for and, that, and that's why, you know, skirmish games. Are, are so appealing to a lot of people is because there's not that massive hill to climb up to be able to play a, a painted game. Yeah. There's a logical aspect to that though, is that mm. I can paint an army at said level, right? Your, your tabletop standard, if you will, but a, a war band, you know, a skirmish war band. Well, you only have 10 models there. So yeah. Are you supposed to paint them to the best of your ability? And that is your war band. Like there is that question that goes on, you know, for me personally, no, I, I just keep them tabletop so I can play with them. But you know, the, a lot of people take war bands to that level because it, it is, it's like a smaller project. They want to spend the time with their model, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to paint up 10 minis to a, a pretty decent level, you know, do you want those 10 minis to be 100% of what you need for a game of Kill Team, Necromunda, whatever? Mm-hmm. Or do you want that to be 10% of your army list and you have to do that nine more times to, to get to 2,000 points? And so 
that's one of those times where you know painting that battle mm-hmm. line painting those troops choice starts to feel like a like an obligation and that's not the only time that painting can feel like an obligation i mean just the act of owning a bunch of unpainted models can start to feel like an obligation and so on our mm-hmm. list of things that could be our next project and we should probably paint one of these days are everything in this room yeah everything in my basement everything under my desk (laughs) it's a bit overwhelming yeah (laughs) yeah and so those i mean those are simply the simple act of owning a model i mean that's a that's a long-term obligation that's uh sometime between Mm -hmm. when i die or sell this model i need to paint this model you know that yeah so it's which is a different kind of obligation but you talked a little bit before about um you know doing commissions or or kind of more of a telling somebody that you are going to paint a model and that's yeah there's a lot of varieties of that but that's a that's an obligation in its own right yeah for sure i mean it just jumping off the youtube angle if you're doing a collaboration with somebody there's usually a hard deadline for that so you feel pretty obligated to do that thing (laughs) right before we keep go any further i'm sorry about all those times i missed my deadline <laughs> on collaborations with you personally, Casey. Well, um, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't going to get into that, but uh... you're not obligated to forgive me, but uh, <laughs> I feel obligated to at least issue the apology. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll see where that lands at some point. We'll, we'll get there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's all. Those all turned out great, man. Those were fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Should do that again. Anyways. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> Like you have those, you know, from our perspective, those obligations. Um, I also personally do commissions every so often. And man, yeah, when someone gives you money to paint a model, like it doesn't matter if I want to paint that or not. Like emotionally, that jumps to the top of the list. I do not have a choice, even if I do technically. And I have to paint that as fast as possible. Can weigh on you a little bit because... It's not always the thing you want to be doing. You know, you you would much rather be doing something else, but, you know, you agree to a job. And so you just kind of got to get down and do that. Um, Like for the most part, the the commissions that I've had have actually just worked out for me. Um, Like there have been a couple that I had to figure something out for filming or for whatever, um, because I ask for a specific kind of commission in general. Uh, like I have guidelines now I didn't before I have now <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. that's really helped like keep them in in line with the things I want to be doing um and I mean if at some point I don't know if it'll be this podcast or another one but I know we want to talk about commission painting in a little more depth but that is certainly something to think about you know in picking your next project is do you have to or do you want to like sometimes yeah, the lines cross a little bit. That that gets a little tough. Yeah. So I have not yet taken money for, for painting anything. And based on everyone I've talked to, I don't think that's the <laughs> right choice for me. Yeah. Um, but I I certainly have taken on, you know, obligations of painting where I've, I've told somebody that I'm going to paint something. And, you know, we've talked about yeah, collaborations between you and I, but I have outstanding collaborations from 
right. four or five or, or more people right yeah. now. And, and some of those are, are several of those are, are sitting on my desk is like, yeah, I should, I should get to this. And right. You know, collaboration video is awesome whenever it comes out, but uh, some of these, yeah, I should, should kind of be moving along on there. So, mm-hmm. um, again, it, it's one of those things where you told someone you'd do something and maybe you just told a friend like, yeah, if, if you buy a Necromunda starter set, I'll buy one and then we can play sometime. And yeah, you know, it can be a side game. It can be just any time where you tell somebody that, uh, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll do this and it'll be great. And, mm-hmm. uh, as, as part of that little informal commitment, I've got to paint 10, whatever. Yeah. Um, now, now right now, uh, a commitment I've made that has, uh, a hard deadline is I volunteered to paint some space Marines for Nova open charity raffle. Oh, sure. So yeah. So every year the Nova convention um, has a separate organization that, that goes there that does a charity raffle. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be a lot of times like a couple of space Marine armies and they'll, they'll have raffles for, nice painted minis or nice painted armies or forces or whatever. And so I, I volunteered to paint some space Marines for, for one of their big space Marine raffles. Nice. And there's I don't know, five or six other people participating in this. And it's, it's going to be awesome. Like it's like, I'm really excited. It's, it's a blood angel theme and kind of the, the color scheme Sounds like it's going to be awesome. Blood Angels is something that I've been thinking about for a while. I I am legitimately excited for this. <laughs> and it is also an obligation that I agreed to do. And so yeah, very hard on deadline. all of my list of possible things to work on, this is this fun activity has a deadline and people counting on it. Right. <laughs> um, That's some pressure. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, all of us take on, on various things, but some of our painting projects can have uh, that, that feeling of, of obligation, or at least like in picking the next fun thing I want to do, keep in mind that these ones I do need, need to eventually do. Right. Um, well, in, in that in itself, it, it feels very much like a commission, like you're not getting paid for it. It's a whole raffle and all this stuff. But like the mm-hmm. fact that there are other people counting on you to finish it by a certain time. I mean, that's that's really what a commission is anyways. You know, and obviously sure. for something like this, you're going to want to try your your best. You're going to want to make yeah, them look yeah, yeah. the best you can. So it's it is very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you enjoy that feeling that you get in the pit of your stomach you should definitely do commissions <laughs> if not maybe maybe stay away yeah yeah so there's all right let's let's think about the types of painting so there's the types of painting you feel like you have to do mm-hmm. for for um games and we didn't even talk about tournaments like this right. deadline like there you know, i mentioned the open-ended feeling with like I can only keep allying in like unpainted forces from other armies with Mark for so long <laughs> before. Like I, I just yeah. proxy um, everything. <laughs> right. All I these can goblins. only, I can only proxy stuff for, for so long yeah. before like Mark stops inviting me to play games. <laughs> but, um, but, but there's also like, maybe you signed up to go to a tournament 
Mm -hmm. Uh, either that's at a local store there's a tournament at a local store or you're going to go to nova open to play in a tournament and there's a date on that and you better have your army dry by the time you show up to that table right yeah an interesting thing about uh, the tournament scene at least from what i've seen um usually there's there's like a a very specific set of like guidelines uh you know it's the whole like three color minimum, you know, that kind of thing. Um, when I went to Las Vegas for LVO, like I think I saw one army that was actually just straight three color. Like they had painted it, you know, the week before to get ready for the tournament. I think it was the only one that I saw. Otherwise, um, I mean, they're a little more strict in that tournament for painting and stuff, but like the paint jobs were outstanding. Like across the That's entire awesome. hall, like it was it was honestly incredible to see from a lot of the stories that I've heard from people going to different tournaments. It's like yeah, there's gray army over here. You got some primer, a zenithal, and like a you know spray from an airbrush and color whatever. There's your army. Like I I didn't see any of that. It was it was amazing. These people worked for yeah, months. That, I'm sure that sounds awesome. That sounds like an event you'd want to go to. But right. on the other hand, there's there's that pressure again, like yeah. everybody else is going to be looking awesome and everybody else is going to get to play against opponents with awesome looking armies and get cool pictures of the battle and, you know, get, uh, you know, get get great Instagram pictures of their army destroying some Eldar or whatever. And mm-hmm. if I don't paint my Eldar. Well, but I mean, you know, it's a it's a sliding scale of responsibility. You can cut sure. as many corners as you want to on on painting for for a tournament, but it's still even if it is just that three colors, you feel like, okay, I've got to get this done. And but really you have your own standards in mind for where oh, you yeah. you were planning on taking that army. So yeah. really you're you're trying to meet your standards by the by the hard date of when those dice are going to get rolled. So yeah, for sure. Um, what else, what else is there? So there's those different categories. Well, So eventually, eventually we're going to get into the, what do you really want to do? And when you have things that you want to do and you have free choice, how do yeah. you choose between them? So, so we're not, we're not trying to be like downers on like, and then I have to paint this model and I have right, to paint right. this no, model. We're just trying to, to go through that. The options. Yeah, just going yeah. through the the motivations that people go through. So, yeah, I mean, we both of us have a ton of options in terms of what our next project is going to be, and they're yeah. all vying for our attention and our time. And we're we're just talking about the the inputs that go into what actually ends up on the painting desk next. Yes. And so, I'll, I'll, let me mention this idea now. I had mm-hmm. I had an idea for a video. Uh, a few days ago, actually, and I am really excited. <laughs> so my cat just woke up and is is going to play on some paper now. I, now, I had, now see, um, we had this conversation earlier, Brent, about that that paper when you took it off I your say, desk. Did I say the word? You, I'm sorry. Did I? Did I apologize? <laughs> you put it down on the floor. And I, I'm like, I think hey, I might just be explaining. Gonna, no, yeah, there's a difference no, between an explanation and an apology. <laughs> Um, oh, you don't have to apologize. No, no, no. We've we've heard this. Yeah, from so many, I had, I had many craft comments paper on, on this table. Totally fine. No apologies. No apologies. 
I had craft paper on this on this table and I, I took it off right before we started filming and recording here because I didn't want like my elbows to be crinkling on the paper. Right. And my cat just woke up and went to go like there's now just a sheet of craft paper sitting yeah. on like the carpet next to the table. <laughs> and so this cat just wanders over. <laughs> of course. Um, of course it does. <laughs> ooh, but it just transitioned into the Snapple box. So I Ooh, think that's okay. going to be a little quieter. Oh, yeah, beautiful. that's what the oh, Snapple man. box is for. Heck yeah. I've had uh, I've had questions on my main channel of why is there a pillow on the shelf behind you? That's part of that uh, painting desk much, philosophy. You give your cat somewhere to sit yeah. out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But anyway, okay, what I was saying, I had an idea for, for a video which is also just an idea for picking my next project. Sometimes when I say an idea for a video, that's an idea for a painting project that's going to get done. Oh, for sure. Um, my idea for this video was to hit the record button on the camera and then decide what model or models do I most want to paint today? No mm. obligation, no prior planning, um, maybe maybe root through my collection a little bit and say what uh, what sparks joy today like um, and you could certainly do this at a, at a store too of just like mm -hmm. I'm going to the, go to the store I'm going to look around I'm going to buy a model that I am going to paint today or, or start painting today yeah just just out of out of all the options forget forget deadlines and armies and uh what you told somebody you'd do forget all that for a moment you started this hobby because you wanted to paint awesome minis you wanted to take something that grabbed your attention and and pulled you right in and and put a cool coat of paint down on it yeah and so that's that's my idea for a video and i think i need to do it soon one because i'm excited about yeah. this idea but two, like if I don't do it soon, I'm going to like accidentally start planning this video and before I hit record. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to like know what the mini what is. Want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I had this idea a few days ago, but the idea is like, yeah, hit record, and I think, okay, what is like sitting here right now? What is the coolest mini in my? I mean, it's all subjective, but to me, sure, right yeah. now, what is the what is the most fun project I could be working on? And then I go and do it, and it might be some used model I bought five years ago or, you know, no limits. It could be a gray model from an army I'm planning to build someday, but you know, don't, don't save anything for some future army. Yeah. Just, do you want to paint that right now? Paint it right now. Buy, buy a, another war boss later. If you need to make a war boss for the army that you're eventually maybe going to complete in five right. years, <laughs> if you want to paint an orc war boss to like right now, that's what you should be painting 100%. right now. Like throw, throw it all out, like throw out all of the obligations and I'm saving this model for this, or I'm saving this model for that. Like I actually want to do. And so I need to film this soon because I'm already thinking about like, okay, I'm going to look, I'm going <laughs> to look thinking. at like this part of my collection <laughs> and I've got the silver tower box. And I know there's a lot of cool models in there, or I've got cool these 3d prints and I've got, Ooh, or, or I got these nice secondhand models. Silver Tower, yeah. yeah, so like I'm, I'm accidentally already like narrowing it down and stuff. And like yeah. if I accidentally like actually pick the model before I hit record, I am going to be so angry with myself. But okay. so I need to do this. This, so is, maybe, this is an episode that's going to get done soon. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't talk about it. Don't think about that anymore. 
Yeah, so, yeah, okay. yeah. You got um, lots of other things to do. You got that. You got those blood angels to paint. Don't forget those. You got to get those. Don't forget those. Don't yeah. forget those. Yeah. Don't want to ruin your uh, your own surprise. <laughs> no, 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 no. But yeah, so so me personally, like I am also at a point where I've just finished. Uh, I've just finished a project um, and I am at the point where I need to decide what my next project is mm -hmm. and starting to put in all these considerations about what I want to do, what I feel like I need to do. Here's a, here's another one. Just, just thinking of obligations. Like, do you ever give uh, a painted model as a present? I've, I've done that a couple of times and there are hard, there are hard dates on, on birthdays and yeah. Christmases. And I and mean, I did that stuff. over yeah. Christmas. I, I sent some people, some models. Um, mm -hmm. And I definitely felt like, man, I got to get these done. Got to like, I got it. You know, I made an excuse mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. to make a video so that I could include the model in there to get it done. So, yeah, that's definitely that definitely hits you with the obligation. Even though you're just trying to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. OK, sorry, I brought the obligations up again. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go back to super, go back to like the pure cool. joy of it. How do you how yes. do you make? positive decisions based on what you really want to do <laughs> well, personally um, i stand in front of my collection that i put out on a shelf and i just i just let it you know flow in and i go i i like this one and i pick that one you're making fun of me now no no i'm i'm legit serious <laughs> i should be are you okay that's yeah a... no, no i'm serious <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that, like, that I have a shelf. Amazing. Of that's that's what I'm talking models. about here. Yeah. Like, that like, okay, I, I have finished what I needed to do for that last project. Mm -hmm. I've put my last project on my shelf. And you just stand in front of your your potentials and just mm, soak it in, decide. Yeah. Like I, I what I like to do is is lay it all out so that I can see it. I and I do like right next to me right now, I have a shelf of potential video, you know, models to paint, right? Um, and I just kind of, I like, I like to look at them. I like to just kind of take each one of them in think like, okay, you know, I could talk about these things. I could do this, this technique over here. And if, you know, if it falls into a category where it's like, you know, I, I've been hitting this too much, like I've been painting too many skeletons, then I, then I'll think about that and I'll say, okay, maybe, maybe next month, you know, set that one aside. You know, it's like the, the, the Seraphon I just painted. It was it was in the middle of my, my shelf. It's been there for three or four months. And it was like, you know, we've been talking about lizards quite a bit. I'm just going to, I'm going to pick this one right up, you know? So it just, it just kind of was there for me to get to. And I do like to yeah. do that just for yeah. the joy of it. That's, that's really interesting when you can feel like, okay, now is the time. Like <laughs> yeah. if you've had, you know, you've had those boxes on your shelf for, for months or years or whatever, and it is a great feeling to be like you now, now <laughs> yeah. is the time that I'm going to pick up this box and, and paint these goblins or lizards or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Um, and, that, and that's kind of what, what we wanted to get to today is, is how do you get to that point where you're, what do I do next? What do I do next? What do I do? And then, ah, you, because mm -hmm. I, I actually really like that moment of like sudden be like, yes, this is my next project. Yeah. And, you know, especially if you are legitimately excited about that, like 
ooh, I haven't thought about this dwarf for a little while, but this dwarf yeah. is, is just perfect for the situation. Like I've, I've really been hankering for some dwarves and I've got, um, and especially like that feeling of excitement is, is enhanced when you're not just interested in, you know, the character that you're painting, but you've also, you know, recently figured out a new painting technique or you've got it like a new color yeah. in your collection that, that you need to, to use. Um, and so in, in terms of those like positive feelings of really getting excited about something, a lot of times it is about, Ooh, I just figured out how to do this crazy thing with the, the airbrush or with the dry brush or, you know, whatever the case may be. You're like, Oh, this model is perfect for that. And yeah. Then, then the, you know, when everything comes together like that, yeah, right. it's going to, it's going to hit you and you're going to feel that little spark, mm -hmm. you know? And that there's, that's a very unique feeling. It's very nice. And I would, I mean, unless you feel obligated to paint something like that's probably the way you should just paint your minis, like whatever hits you at the time, whatever feels the most fun, you yeah. know, even if you're halfway through a thing and you see another one and go, Ooh, well, I can do that right there. You know, pick up that model and then go for that and paint that for a little while, jump back and forth between other projects, you know, like it's probably a dream. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a dream but you know even if you are just trying to get an army painted like just just choosing between the the three units that you yes. know you need to paint like are, are, are we doing cavalry are we doing elites mm -hmm. are we doing foot soldiers you know what whatever it is like um yeah. just really connecting with the okay what do i really want to do next and is there is there something in particular that i can get excited about here you know did yeah. i just get a little bit better at edge highlighting or did I just learn how to mix up a cool wash or, you know, whatever it is. Like, yeah. um, it was just the other day I was, I was hanging some, uh, some shadow boxes, weirdly. Um, they're like shot glass right, ones right. for, for model display. And I have them in my space now. Um, and I was putting some Lord of the Rings, like riders of Rohan, the horses, I was putting them in there. And as I was putting them in, I'm just like, man, really want to paint a horse right now <laughs> you know and it, i i went over to my area and i'm just like looking through some models and it's like i you know i was i was going through i was sifting through all these like high elves and stuff and you know they got horses and i was just like getting less and less encouraged by that because they weren't just riders of rohan like it wasn't the same which is which is a weird mm. kind of a thing like i felt the need and then it died away right right so I think if if we have an actual thesis here, like the thesis is to like be able to identify why you get really excited about <laughs> yeah. something and to make more of the projects that you do something that you're actively excited about doing, right. like something that you have a reason for like, um, yeah, figure out, figure out what it was that gave you just this hankering, this urge mm -hmm. to like, you know, call Rohan and uh, yeah. Yeah. I still don't know what it was, but, uh, yeah. Well, that's fine though. But like in theory, everything in your collection, when you acquired it, you were excited about mm -hmm. pressing, you know, submit bid or, or whatever you do. Yeah. Like you were excited when you bought that or acquired that. So that feeling will likely come again. Yeah. When, when it's just the perfect moment. Like when you bought it, it was the perfect moment to buy it. And maybe you should have just kept going and ripped that package open and, and painted it right then. Probably. And 
if if you're a person with a smaller collection, this is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like go to go to your game store earlier in the day, like uh early on a Saturday, go to your game store yeah. and buy the thing that excites you the most and by by Monday maybe that'll be painted and look look awesome and then you can do that again next weekend. I don't know, but that's true. Um, I was going to bring that up too of uh, escalation games. Like if you're going to go mm-hmm. to a, a store or something like that, a lot of these, a lot of the comic book shops and hobby shops and all that, they have like escalation leagues where it's like, oh, you know, we're, we're only doing 200 points every other week, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously you're, you're there to support the store you're buying from that store. But it's like you're you're building up an army real slow and you're you're looking at the wall and you're saying, well, this is my army. Like, what what do I want to paint next? Because you don't have to pick a lot and it's pretty slow. You know, a lot of the stores mm-hmm. do every two weeks just so that it gives everyone the opportunity to kind of be on the same page. And then you come in and you play your you know, small game and they get bigger and bigger. And uh, I like that idea a lot for painting because it does give you that opportunity to to paint the thing that excites you you know, in the army that you picked, because there's that like sense of identity in the army that you picked, especially the first one, you know, it's, it's the one you're going to go yeah. back to quite often. So a lot of that stuff just yeah. continually comes up and, and you maintain that happiness about it. So yeah, if there's an escalation league near you, I would, I would definitely recommend checking that out. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of what Mark tried to do, and then Mark just painted two thousand points of uh, tree elves real fast, <laughs> right? And, uh, two Lariels and, yeah. and some some tree man. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Mark. Yeah, it was a, an escalation league at really a pace that I was not prepared for. Right, it, it escalated quickly. It yeah. <laughs> escalated um, a little too quick. But you find an escalation league on a nice pace for you, it's yeah. escalating at the right rate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the stores in my area have varying levels of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get the right organizer for something like that. That sounds like an awesome idea. It's uh, mm-hmm. you know, a great way to support the shop and, and, you know, get to experience the army, small, medium, large, and like get everybody to actually grow an army and, and have an army by the end. Uh, in theory, that, yeah. that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never done it before, but it's, it's on the list of things to get to eventually, but it's, it's all about finding <laughs> the most important thing. Yeah. That, that's yeah. all we're talking about today and we're probably winding down on this particular topic but we might be we've able. all got a to-do list and for me i i used to try to plan out my projects and plan out my videos and stuff and be like this week i'm gonna work on this next week i'm gonna work on this next yeah. week i'm gonna work on this and what i found was that you know the <laughs> I could accurately plan the next video and maybe the one after that. Yeah. But by, by two or three videos out, it was just like, nah, I'd, I'd really rather be painting this right now or, Ooh, yeah. I'm at, you know, just much more excited to work on this project. And that's not, that's not a bad way to do it is, you know, you're supposed to be doing what you yeah. love here. And so following where your passion takes you, I think is, is reasonable. Just don't overcommit on well, I think it comes across on YouTube when it's not something that you necessarily really feel, you mm-hmm. know, like when it's something you actually want to do um, on that Seraphon video, just bring it up again. I got mm-hmm. or like, you know, it was awesome to see something that you actually just wanted to paint like that came across, 
you know, and it's, that wasn't my intention. I just really wanted to paint it. So I did. And you know, that, that does make a difference, you know, like when you actually want to paint something, yeah, you're going to, you're going to paint it and you're going to have a much better time than if you're just like, Oh, here's my 50th yeah. planned rat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting point. Like, um, not only were you having a better time, you were having such a better time that other people noticed. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, you know, if, if that video had instead been a clan rat and you're like, yeah, you know, I painted up this rat and I gave him, you know, some fun little scars and I got to use this tone of pink and mm -hmm. uh, everybody's like, Hey, you know, a cool rat, yeah, but like, nice rat. <laughs> yeah, when sometimes when someone actively noticed that you were having such a better time that I could tell that you were having a better time like that, pay attention to that, like that, that yeah. means something. Yeah. 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 And I, I just felt like that, that goes along with that. Like, you know, you try and plan it out, you try and schedule it. And that sounds like such a good idea until you hit that wall and you're just like, I don't really want to do that one. Like, I want to, I want to paint this over here. And like, I think that should yeah. just win out every time. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have like a lot of great ideas for possible top, you know, uh, projects, stuff to paint, stuff to work on. And just being a little bit smarter about really working on the ones that are the most fun right then, you know, yeah. you can, you can make it through your to-do list in an order that is a slog, or you can make it through your to-do list in an order where like you're actually excited about each step that where you end up. And uh, I don't know, there's some life lessons in there. Yeah, this is, this is something we're gonna have to think about more, Casey. But I think uh, you're right. I mean, this this is a this is pretty deep. We could go real deep with this, like <laughs> so much as having a nice chart of like, you know, where is the, uh, the like obligation to fun ratio, and where should you meet? Where does that meet in the middle? Like, how do you balance that? And it'd also kind of be interesting. Like, take your take your to do list and maybe at the first of each month or something like rank what which of those projects on your to-do list sound like the most fun yeah, and then yeah. go back the next month and re-rank them it'd be actually really interesting to see how that changes around and mm -hmm. and if there's a way to try to you know just every month pick from you know your top one and two choices on that list so that uh, especially if it does seem to be like changing around like what's right. like kind of you know, maximize one, your fun each time like reevaluate yeah yeah one day mm -hmm. a clan rat might just sound like the ticket like just yeah. mm, hit the spot like get, totally get some clan rats out 100 percent. yeah mm -hmm. no absolutely um but but if you're you're having a day where you're looking at your your list of stuff you want to do and clan rats is not at the top mm -hmm. not today not, not today. today little buddies you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'd say we covered it for now like we oh, might we end up coming it. back to this, but, but I, I think for now, I think we're in a good spot. Yeah. It's no level system yeah, for it's, you uh, know, ranking desks or anything, but you know, every, every episode can't have one of those. But we can talk about that episode in every subsequent episode. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep ranking desks. All right. So we got, we got through the meat of today. What else is, what else is on the schedule here, Casey? Well, I've got some fun stuff. Yeah, some some just kind of mm. quick comments that were left for us by some awesome subscribers over on the Paint Bravely YouTube channel. And that's just youtube.com slash paint bravely the podcast. 
And this is just a good way to kind of get in touch with us, you know, have a little bit of back and forth and we can talk about some of these on the, on the show, you know, things that you might want to know about. So a lot of these we're going to do pretty quick. And again, we're not reading names. We're just going to abbreviate, but uh, you know, if, if you don't know why, then I'll leave that up to you to find out in one of the previous episodes. We're not going to rehash old, old news there, but uh, I got, I got a comment here from THD and uh, let's see. So he has a question. Will there be, Paint Bravely merch. That seems like a reasonable idea. Like you'd, you'd wear a t-shirt, have a mug. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I would buy it, so. Yeah. That's a start. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple of sales right there, so. <laughs> right. I totally bought my own merch. Like from every project I've ever done where there was merch included, I, <laughs> I, I probably bought more of it than anyone else. <laughs> It's just a thing that happens, like weirdly. Like uh, my band, I I own several versions of every shirt we've ever made. <laughs> just how it goes. So did um, we just commit to making merch? Uh, should should we say like, oh, someday, someday there'll be merch, okay, or do yeah. you have to do this in the next two weeks now, Casey? Like, uh, no, what, what we and in fact, here? and in fact, while I could technically do it in the next couple of weeks, just by hard work and making them myself, I I don't feel like I need to do that. Um, it seems like a lot of work, but uh, no. We, for once inspiration we hit a, uh, to strike, <laughs> right? You got to get like a funny catchphrase or something. Funny catchphrase, something, mm. something perfect for a T-shirt. Mm. We don't need to think of it now. In fact, we won't. But, Here, that's uh, a very good call. We're putting ourselves on the spot right now. Seems like a real bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> and and whatever stupid idea we come up with right now is going on a shirt exactly. And, uh, forever <laughs> really determine the financial success of this stupid <laughs> podcast that we're doing. right no it, it is an eventual goal for sure um like i i have merch on my youtube channel um i've sold merch for my band for the last 10 years you know for well for a long time but it's it's something that definitely goes kind of with the territory and and i think it'd be cool to, to have a coffee mug yeah. but not today okay uh, all right all right, we've got a we've got a comment from PE here. Mm-hmm. It still surprises me that you guys over the pond don't have a kettle for hot drinks as a standard part of a kitchen setup. Well, that's that's I an have never been in a house without one. Yeah, that's an interesting statement, I suppose. Um, um, but but every kitchen kitchen setup has a microwave, and um, true, you, know, you put a microwave microwave safe mug. In, in in there and and you got hot water i mean there's lots of ways to get hot water you know yeah although i i mean i've always had a a tea kettle on my stove oh like i have a real well, nice one like it's all decorative and fancy yeah i don't know um my family's been big on on tea though yeah i'm big on instant coffee i I do drink tea also but i'm i'm also big on instant coffee and so i'm i'm heating up several cups of water a day in the microwave yeah it's a good way to do it yeah i, I mean i don't yeah, see why not unless you're also good. afraid of the radiation or something you know yeah 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 you don't have a tea kettle though no hmm. so he's not wrong he's not completely wrong no, no. Because no, I would no. think that would be weird too. Not having a tea kettle it just seems like a thing that mm. you have. <laughs> I don't know. 
not every American has one. My, uh, a majority of my family comes from, from England and they mostly stayed back East when they came over, but yeah, I don't know. That's probably just a weird thing that, that transferred with them from, you know, however Mm. many years ago. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you've got like little China teacups and you don't want to like break, I mean, you can't put those in the microwave. That's but, true. Uh, That's a good point. You get yourself a nice, hefty, you know, paint bravely mug. Like, oh, we're going to be printing uh, on microwave safe mugs for sure. So, yeah, pop those in the microwave. I'm not going to promise One minute, 30 that, seconds. Though. I cannot yeah, we promise don't know where that these are coming from. Be... We're, what are we, mug specialists? Yeah. <laughs> it's not discountmug.com. Come on. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is not a promise. This is uh, best intentions here. But, uh, yeah. We are. <laughs> firmly intending for these to be microwave safe mugs so intending yes I mean, we're gonna buy them we, we already told you that like uh, yeah and i'm going to if buy I, if I buy a mug you can't put in the microwave i'm gonna be upset i, I don't blame <laughs> you point. yeah yeah um all right what's next uh this one's from bl uh just a quick mm. one of how do you properly care for your brushes and keep a proper tip uh, well, I've got some brush cleaner that I don't use often enough, and that's why I use cheap brushes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah, no, so uh, what's what's the name of the company that has that uh, the little tan plastic tin of brush cleaner? Since the benefit of sitting in my own hobby space, I literally can just reach right over. Yeah. The Master's Brush Cleaner. Okay, that sounds right. Yeah, I have the one that's uh, a little uh, broader and shallower in design than that one. But yeah, the, the oh, this this one that thing. I'm holding on the camera is my travel size. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I got like okay. a big fat tub of it too. Yeah, yeah. So this is the brand of brush soap that everybody seems to own. I don't know how many yeah. brands of brush soap are out there, but this seems to be like by far the most common. And it does a really good job. Uh, You just get your your dirty brush a little bit wet and swipe it back and forth on on the chunk of soap a few times. Rinse it a couple of times in between, I assume, is is the technique you're supposed to use. Um, Yeah, there's instructions on there and it's that's pretty much what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just follow the instructions. But yeah, no, (laughs) as you're as you're wiping off the brush, give it just a little bit of a twist to Mm -hmm. slightly twist the bristles back into a point. Um, yeah, as long as you're, as long as you're wiping in the correct direction, just that little bit of a twist using brush soap, um, they will last longer than they ordinarily will. Um, all brushes have a, have a life cycle and a expiration date. Like they will all die on you eventually, but you can make them last longer. Uh, personally, I, I do use cheap synthetic brushes and I'm always on the lookout of finding you know, a, a brand and a design that's better than the last pack I used. Um, and, and so for me, part of my answer is just, you know, if I use a 30 cent paintbrush and it lasts me a couple of projects and then I get a new one with a fresh tip for me, that's a, that's a fine answer too. But even those will definitely last longer with, uh, just yeah. a proper care after each use, you know, the rinsing, rinsing them off in your, in your paint, water jar goes a long ways but much farther if you actually soap them up and bring them back to their natural clean tip before you you put them away yeah 
on going a little bit deeper into that real quick, um, making sure not to dip your paint fully in or your paintbrush, like fully into the paint. Don't, don't let it get to that, you know, the ferrule, the stick area, right? Or the metal, um, because that gets paint way up in the bristles and it dries and it splays your brushes. And that's why you don't have a good tip on it. So you really only want to go up like halfway up the brush when you're dipping it in paint. And that will help, you know, as well as cleaning, but it will help your brush last a lot longer. So definitely recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. I am glad you remembered to mention that. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's see here. There's one more. You want to read that one out? Uh, okay. SW says, Hey guys, don't let the haters get you down. Love your podcast. And it's amazing to listen to really helps with making and painting minis. A question I have is what tabletop game armies do you collect and what armies are you looking to start collecting? Myself, I collect blood angels and house hawk shroud. Imperial Knights, okay. <laughs> but keep the amazing work up and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Hmm. Okay. We'll we'll start with the start with the first thing there. We got haters. Um, so Casey, you and I were talking about this before but before we hit the record button here. But this first bit, hey guys, don't let the haters get you down. So uh-huh. I actually hadn't checked the the YouTube channel for, for about a week personally and, and you had you know, grabbed this comment out and posted it up. And, and like, I had a moment of fear. Like, <laughs> is there just like a wall of spam of like, did we, <laughs> You're the worst. Did we say something that really <laughs> you know lit a fire under people last episode? Like, did we, did we acquire a lot of haters really <laughs> fast? Uh, as far as I know, no. <laughs> okay. So this, this comment got me a little anxious, but the haters are not getting me down. No, they, they rarely do, but uh, right. Right. I was, yeah, I appreciate that though. No, we're we're not letting the haters get to us, and mm-hmm. we're hoping there's not too many. Hopefully, they've they've wandered off by episode five here. But uh, that's the, the thing with the podcast, right? Like you can yeah just not listen. <laughs> like that's yeah. fine too. Like, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, if someone is listening to like hour two of podcast number five, like <laughs> right, they're they, that's a love hate situation. That's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so but I'll let you get into um what what mm. you know what do you play? What do you collect, Casey? What's uh what's on the list for you? Um, <laughs> good kitty. <laughs> yeah, so my, um, my cat just came up and started nuzzling against the microphone here. Uh-huh. Um, which I'm not going to apologize for, but I am trying to control to a degree. Right. There's a spray bottle. Where is the spray bottle? <laughs> Anyways, I really like to play Age of Sigmar and Warcry. Um, I more, more recently started getting into Warcry because I like the idea of a skirmish game. And because I am painting for youtube you know it's it's a lot easier for me to just kind of bust out like nine or ten guys to play a game than it is for a you know two thousand point army that being said i do have probably a good 3500 maybe four thousand points of nurgle for age of sigmar and uh man another at least 2500 points in iron jaws i got a lot of got a lot of iron jaws and goblins i like i have goblin army and 
I just got a lot of crap laying around mostly. Um, like those are the things that are painted and I have a bunch of stuff started, but my, my main thing is definitely uh, Nurgle. Like I just like Nurgle models. I like to collect them. Um, I was pretty excited when they came out for Warcry cause it's like instant armies. Basically it's like, Oh, I already have all those models. So it's kind of nice. And I like that aspect mm. of Warcry is that it interchanges with age of Sigmar. So, you know, it's a good excuse to start a new army, which I'm sure was their plan. Um, but I don't know. It's like, it's, it's a nice mix of things. Like I can kind of go back and forth whenever I want. So I really like doing that. Yeah. What about you, Brent? Yeah, that's, that's awesome that you have some actually complete large armies. That's great. Yeah. I don't know. Nurgle is one of those things though. Like you can go a lot of directions with it and it doesn't have to be super samey matchy match everything, you know, the grosser mm-hmm. it is, the better. And like you throw down 120 plague bears on the table and it's like, well, there's, you know, 1500 points right there. And they all just look disgusting. And I don't know, there's something about it. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I have always had the, the dream of having a fully painted 2000 point army and I've never quite got there. Um, So for 40 K I have dark Eldar, mostly third edition models um, that are, mostly painted up enough so i can field 2000 points of decently painted dark eldar troops and then not really painted vehicles with them like it i can not completely embarrass myself at at a at a friendly game you know um yeah. people are eventually going to get angry against playing against dark eldar raiders and dark lances because it's a very uh mono type list mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a list that has six raiders for six squads of dark eldar warriors and of course the squads of dark eldar warriors are red yellow orange blue green purple um because of of course i did that every every time i'm trying to pick a color scheme i like so many of the different colors that i try out that i uh, that i'm always looking for that excuse to just do the rainbow army find an excuse for each squad to be a different color but i i I try to resist that but sometimes it can't um so that's the closest thing i have to a 40k army and then for age of sigmar i I think that's a i think it could be a really fun game the games that i've played have been fun Mm -hmm. and i would like to eventually have a a 2000 point army so i so i can play more often um and i've got a start collecting box of orcs done i've got my square based orcs from 20 years ago um those have all been pretty much phased out of age of sigmar the the just vanilla Mm -hmm. orc lads um those have been replaced by the you know savage orcs and and iron jaws which which i do have models of but are unpainted so Orcs, orcs will always be a passion for me, and someday I may even have a complete army that looks cool. But um, lurking in this room, I have a lot of mm. Iron Jaws models, and as soon as I can figure out, you know, the the color of armor for them, that's that's going to be an awesome project. You uh, you painted your Slaves of Darkness the same way that I painted my Iron Jaws army. 
I actually didn't realize that. I I'd watched your Iron Jaws paint video, but I had forgotten that you started with a pink paint base coat. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um but it's a, that's a that's a great technique, but I do have um there was a a video of this, but I do have a start collecting box for Slaves to Darkness painted. I've got that yellowy orange paint scheme. And so there's, you know, 650 points, I think, something yeah. like that. It's a, it's that a good I'm actually start. really happy with the paint scheme. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy with that paint scheme. I have more Slaves to Darkness around here. I want to make some changes to the bases I did on those guys. Oh, the and that's one of those. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. you know, hand sculpted in cobblestones in Milliput and green stuff. And I just didn't really like how that turned out. Right. And the rest of the models I really like. And they if it was a situation where I like the model and the bases, I probably would have painted more of that army by now. But mm. it's it's one of those things where I'm just not 100% satisfied with the plan. And so I can't keep going right. on it. That makes so, sense. So, yeah, that's that's one of those things where I need to spend a couple of days figuring out how to make bases I really like and that really fit with that army. And yeah. then once I have... Yeah, once I have something that's like the level of paint job that I want, with bases that look good with it, I think that one may actually come together fairly fast. That's on my list of yeah. you know videos to do someday. But, um, well, yeah, for for that you grab like what that uh, three headed Archeon, you're done right there. It's like nine hundred oh, sure. points. <laughs> I actually don't like the the super large models. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> you know, someday I might do it as like a, a painting project, but in in an actual game. Mm-hmm. Um, I played one game with my friend Alex, and he had Mortarian. Oh sure. In in a, in a game of forty k, and is just a giant, nasty Nurgle model. Yeah. Who, who just being near him causes wounds to your models. Like yeah. his, his gun shoots through things, and like it, it just a it, a bunch of really annoying rules. Yeah. And it just blew up all of my Dark Eldar raiders in one turn. I just you know yeah the game they're on never turn that two fun to play with. Yeah, the the really big models, it's just like, okay, do you have a really big model to fight against it? And then who wins the dice rolls between those two really big models? I am not a professional player. I understand that there are more subtleties to it than that, but um, as a a complete novice, they they seem to make the games less fun rather than more fun. Having a... I, I always just like the little dudes, like the the regular knights fighting it out like the chaos knight that's like the perfect size for for an elite unit like it's uh obviously better than your your foot soldier mm-hmm. but it's still still a regular dude and and kind of fits into the the rest of the flow of the game from the way i yeah. see it yeah I, I enjoy those like small to mid-sized type of models like i think the biggest model i have is the iron jaws mock rusher but like mm. it's not that big when you have it on the table, you know, and it, it doesn't move very fast. Like it's a, it's a pretty heavy hitting model, but like you watch battle reports all the time and they get taken out. So, you know, it's, it's not like overpowered and stupid to play with. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. having just said that, <laughs> uh, I also like, like clearly both of us have, I have unpainted Seraphon models around here, lizard mans, you know, and of course I want to paint an army of dinosaurs. Like I'll, I'll, yeah. that's the point. Um, so 
like I, I don't know how unbalanced a T-Rex is, but uh, it's going to be know. in my army. Like, <laughs> right. Like I, I want to buy three of those start collecting boxes and go from there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I have a lot of unpainted models and some of that's from used purchases and some of that's from uh, just a itchy trigger finger on, on some stuff. Right. But um, those Christmas deals. Oh, Christmas deals. Yeah, I got a few large, large boxes of models that I haven't even touched from those. You know, like those Battle Force boxes. I do know. I do know. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, both of us obviously love Warhammer and have a ton of models, both new and used, and there there are other armies coming eventually. And yeah. the day that I finally have a 2,000-point army that I am truly happy with the paint job, that's that's one of those big, overarching, lifelong goals, and that'll be a big day, someday, someday. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, get Mark off my back, yeah. Of course, Mark. Of course, then like ninth edition 40k is going to come out. Mark's going to go back to his, Ugh. you know, four thousand point Eldar, four thousand point uh, <laughs> wolves, space wolves. There, yeah. God, Mark. Well, that's all right, though. You know, I mean, that's that is the idea of the hobby. That's all part of it. So, collect all the things. And on that note. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. As always, we appreciate you very much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Have a great day.